What's up, podcast listeners? You are listening to Mom and Daughters Don't, a podcast for responsible cannabis users brought to you by thestonermom.com. That's me. I'm the stoner mom. You can call me Catherine. And I'm joined by my husband, as always. His name is David. We are parents to four. His name is David. And legal cannabis users in the great state of Colorado. This podcast, we pour a couple drinks, smoke a little weed, relax and talk about cannabis, our lives, pop culture, and more. Mm-hmm. Happy Sunday, Blake. Happy Sunday. What a beautiful day it is today. I took our walrus dog on a walk. Look, I it can was, see where your cursor is. Oh, it was so lovely out there. Um, oh, yeah. So you took a walk. It's Sunday. We woke up. We woke up. We're we listened kidless. to some Eminem. <laughs> I just played a kill shot for David. Because mm-hmm. um, that's my role in our marriage, is to keep David... Yeah, abreast of all. Abreast on all events. Yeah, because I can't. I don't do that. I'm old. I get it. And you know what? I actually go through phases where news is so depressing that I don't read it at all. Right. So that's why I I shouldn't get all like annoyed when you know. Oh, sometimes you don't know that something happened, and I'm just like, what is? Why don't you read the news? Why don't, why don't you, you even fucking read the news? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, a I'm like I'm just trying to pair bills and and not around. be suicidal because the news is so depressing all the time. Remember there was a whole yeah. remember after the election when we were just like uh, we're not listening to the news for five months forever. Yeah, <laughs> that's still around. I mean, it is still around. I've really tailored my news feed on. Um, I use Apple News. Oh. Okay. You do too, right? I do too, yeah. I mean, I use Flipboard too, but it's, you do Flipboard's use, more you like for fun. You know, it's more like, I actually have a award-winning um, magazine on Flipboard called Canine Frolic. Which he stole that name from me. <laughs> Here's a story. When I was in maybe the fourth grade, mm-hmm. I, yep, because it was Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown, you fucker. He used to sign me up without asking all the time to play piano at uh, after school event school events without asking without asking me or my parents. You're just hey, uh, Kathy, we need you here for the. He'd also be like, hey, could you? <laughs> and that was the grade where I brought. <clears throat> I was really a major suck up, and got him to play all of my classical CDs oh. during school time in our classroom. But there was this one CD. <laughs> That fucking everybody hated so bad, and you're gonna like it mm-hmm. because it was a Bach CD. Oh, I like Bach, but it was Bach. only Bach on a harpsichord, oh. which is accurate, okay? Because yeah. the bitch didn't live when they were pianos, right? <laughs> so anyway, it was like hours and hours of or clavichord. Yes, it was clavichord and, and harpsichord. Right. Um, hours and hours of like Dracula music. People, fourth graders would legit be like, God, what are we listening to? Exactly. And Kathy would be sitting there in her glasses like, this is actually mine. I'm proud of you. We're going to listen to it. I'm sorry, everybody. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. You're something else. Did you wish you knew me back then? No, I didn't have any of that going on. Fourth grade. You would have been my best buddy. For sure. You would have been like, I love this. Um, so anyway, why were we talking about Mr. Graham? Um, I don't know. I really have no idea. Oh, because we were talking about... Who cares? Why do we have to trace the root of what we were talking about? What, what, what we're doing right now... Should we go into libation corner? Yeah, is we're libating. And we're we're starting off for Sunday morning. Oh, you got a little cat hair there on you. It looks like... It's like wow. a, a lot of cat hair. Um, um, okay. We're drinking Bloody Marys. Let's get into libation corner. So yeah, it's libation corner now. And uh, we're drinking our Bloody Marys this morning, which is the official drink of Sunday mornings, right? Are we going to... Are you liking yours, by the way? Yeah. I'm just... What I did here was I just put some vodka. Okay. V8 juice. And then a half, a little bit of a Bloody Mary mix, because that, that has all the, the stuff in it, you know? Like yeah. garlic and stuff. Or whatever. Garlic. I don't know. Onion powder, celery salt. I'm reprogramming my associations with Bloody Mary. Oh. I had an ex that drank Bloody Marys mm-hmm. constantly. Well, other people drink them too. Now you can think yeah, of my sister. Yeah, but we sister. never did it. That's true. I could. My sister's been drinking them longer right than somebody that you used to know. Uh-uh. Oh, yeah. Every Sunday morning forever for the whole her whole life. No. Sorry. Okay. Still older. My sister's in her 60s. I mean, so is he, isn't he? 
I don't know. Whatever. Let's talk about smoking weed. So you're smoking weed and drinking Bloody Marys. And um, we're having a nice little Sunday morning. Here. The weed we're smoking today. This is still Gorilla Glue from last night's live session with our members, um, which was fun. Yeah. A quiet live session. If you guys ever wish you could get high with us in real time, join the membership, House Van Eaton. Um, we get live once a month with our members. And yep. It's fun. It was fun. And I'm sorry if I cut it short, but I was starving to death and we had oh, to that eat. That happens every once in a while. We've got to schedule our things better. First of all, we can't be coming straight off of pedicure time because we're <laughs> starving and we sound like spoiled idiots I know. the whole time. <laughs> that's eating right now. So anyway. God, I just had my pedicure and I didn't get any food. Maybe don't oh. get your pedicure and instead nourish your body. Yeah. David is... He's, I mean, that's a libation. He's become a pedicure aficionado. I think it's good for your feet. Um, I'm also doing some dabs yeah. with, this is Super Lemon Haze, right? Yeah. Is that what they made? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm using my Dr. Dabber Switch. Now, you guys, look up what a switch is. Yeah. Because this is, no joke, the future. It really is. Of, um vaporizing devices. Mm-hmm. This is like one of the only devices, and I think it's the only desktop one for sure, that um, uses induction heating, which involves magnets, bitch. Yeah, okay. Um, and so it's really, really nice because you get a lot less shorts. What is it called? Short shortages? You mean when it shorts out? Basically, all the electric components are are separate, they're sealed away, they're nowhere near, like, the heating element, the power element, they're not going to get, like, dab juice on them, <laughs> um, and it's going to work forever. It's it's a brand new Yeah. Um, we got switch. it from, where, where, the place is called? We got it from vapeactive.com, they were sweet enough to yeah. send one, and I did review it, which it'll probably be on my website by the time you're hearing this. Um, so you can see it in action. It's just really impressive. It has a really cool light show. You can use, you can vaporize uh, cannabis flower, and you can do dabs. Um, it's supposed to be uh, suitable for like any sort of like concentrate um, consistency. That includes like very liquidy oils, yeah. which is something you never see yeah. as far as. Um, a device that is able to do all of them. Okay. Um, and I really like it. I just can't really tell you without you seeing it how cool it is. But basically, it has this light show uh, thing that you can do, which is so cool. It's like so stonerific. Um, I love it. Dim the lights, do a bunch of dabs, watch your crazy light show. rainbow light show. Um, and that thing and- will mess you up. Oh, one more thing about it that I got to say that I love about it is it's so it's classified as a desktop vaporizer. And that usually means it's got to be plugged into the wall, you guys, right? It's not one that you drive around your car and smoke weed with. Um, Cause this one, big, you can drive around it. This one has this incredible battery. You charge it for an hour and it's supposed to give you up to 150 uses um, per charge, which is unheard of. Um, so I'm loving that. And I've been using it. I mean, I charged it last week. I've been using it ever since then. So it is kind of portable in the sense that I can walk around the house with it. I can take it from room to room. And I don't have to carry its huge cord with me because it's just ready to go all the time. So I love it. That's a love it too. That's a recommendation from me. And it is not a uh, sponsored recommendation either. No, no, no. That's straight from your mouth. Recommendation. Um, so yeah, dabbing super lemon haze. Are I put some keef up on my gorilla glue bowl. And David, you're not smoking any weed. Are you going to smoke with me? I might. <clears throat> I brought down my bong, but that I made a mix last night of like that hemp, and I think it was um, I think it was gorilla glue too that I had left in the basement. I could be wrong, but it didn't really do anything to me. I think my hemp ratio was far too high, mm. so it just like makes me like feel happy and anxiety free. Which That's is nice. Good. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to do a dab right now. One more thing about the switch by right. Dr. Dabber. Tell it me, heats up four to six seconds is the average. Um, I think six seconds is the longest. There it goes. It's ready. There she goes. And she's going. Cool. That is the coolest part when you put a cap on it. Woo. She's doing it, man. Getting super stoned. So let's, um, this is my wake and bake. That's my first hit of the day. All right, guys. So we are on to what's going on with you guys. Corner. 
That's where we tell you what's going on with us. In a corner. Because we're in a corner. We're literally sitting in a corner in a house. Over a house. Um, big news. Big news. Blavid is yeah. off to greener pastures. I'm off to greener pastures. I don't know about that. I'm taking a slow boat a to whatever. <laughs> to what? What is the Barbados or something? River? And better call Saul when he said that. Oh, it's Belize, Belize. first of all. <laughs> Barbados is... Never mind. Anyway. Um... Please. So yes, David. Has, I'm not dying. You know, I was just thinking about it. Like, what are you thinking about? Our business and our podcast has documented so many employment <laughs> changes with my husband. It's like he can't yeah. hold down a job or something. I can't, which hold is down not a job. the case. He is one of those men that is always, you know, looking for the better, thing. trying to get a better deal, and that's how. But you know, my what? dad was like that my whole life. He still is that I'll way. Tell you what. An excellent provider. <clears throat> I was not like that until you're I met supposed you. to be that way. That's why. That's how you're supposed to like work your way up, white collar, yeah. whatever. Is yep. Leave your job, get a better one. Always leave that one, get a better one. Right. So you know, but then I also went through the phase where it was like leave a job that was like not making me happy in a the sector that I didn't like to work in. And then now I'm in this world, and I figured it out, and now I'm starting to do what I want there, finally, at yes. long last. So, so David's been in, yeah, he's been getting his toes wet in the cannabis industry for a while. At the same time as running the Stoner Mom with me, which is practically a full-time job. It was a full-time job for a while. Um, for a while, he was home and not working at all. Right. He was just working for well, the Stoner well, Mom. Yeah. Um, but... You know, that gets a little stressful. It gets stressful on your wife, mm-hmm. who anybody can be in charge of it. But when my stupid face has to be involved with everything, Ooh, do you so, know what I mean? So scary. It's like. <clears throat> yeah, it's a lot. I don't want it. Yeah, I just don't want to have to. Right. You don't want it all by that answer. much responsibility writing on right. my ability to stonedly make a video. Right. You know, totally. maybe I don't want to make a video. Maybe I hate being in videos. Oh, dang. Um, but anyway. So yeah, now we're not, that's not the case. So now we're working. So for, yeah. So after, so he was working for the stoner mom forever and then he went back to work. I think it was because I was pretty stressed out. Yeah. It was part time. Um, and, and then he, out. and then he went back he, for full time, and he's time. been working with Black Dog for a while now. Oh yeah, we oh, adore wow. so much. Mm-hmm. Black Dog is uh, the LED lights, you know. Yeah, that we love. That we love, and David does a lot of great stuff with them. I love them. But there was also a, p- a point on our podcast when you were working part time with Mike at High yes. Life. Yes, and we had Mike on our show. We had him on our show. So High Life is a marketing. It's a cannabis marketing and design firm, right? Right. And um, <clears throat> David's worked with them independently for a long time. How long? Yeah, for a little over a year. Um, like I consulted, for a while, for but them. for a while you were actually going in and consulting. Yeah, I consulted with them and I helped them kind of structure it, so yeah. it was more like a, a real agency. Um, and then I always kind of kept in touch with Mike, and you know, I've always worked with him on little things here and there. Go back to episode whatever it is. I'm gonna look it up. You She's talk. gonna look it up. So. So recently, um, so Mike has always had this. Mike is the owner of Highlight, right? Creative. He's a great guy, and um, he has really been one of the people to kind of like lead the charge in bringing marketing to cannabis. So, like when you open a dispensary, you're not just like, "Come on down to my dispensary." It's this is why you should come to my dispensary and look at how cool it looks. And it's, I mean, it's we like have a real some business. nice ass dispensaries right. in Colorado, dude. Or. Maybe you're launching a new product. Maybe it's a vaporizer or maybe it's edibles or maybe you just need some social media help. I don't know. But anyway, that's what he does. And so over the year, we've been kind of like always talking about like, how can we, how can we work together more? How can we make this happen? And my response has always been, if if we have money to pay me, then I will completely do that. I think that sounds wonderful. So Mike decided to make that a reality and now I am going to work with Mike side by side. I am now a managing partner in the High Life Creative uh, Marketing Agency. So, Yay! so yeah. So we've been. The odd thing is, congratulations. Been, thank you. We've been kicking around the idea recently of just kind of like doing our own thing. We have a company name called Van Eaton Creative, which is the start. By we, he means under. me and him. Right, my lovely wife and I. So we've actually been talking about what if we just made it. What if we did that and like. 
you know, we not only did, you know, all the Sonar Mom stuff, but we helped out everybody else in this, in this world um, and helped them with their branding and strategy and digital marketing and da, 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 da. So now we got High Life, which has um, more capital behind it and is more linked to other things. And anyway, so I'm doing that and I think it's going to be great and it's going to lead to a lot of bigger opportunities. It's episode 63. 63. Marketing in the marijuana business. Yeah, so go back and listen to that. Um, I'm doing that now. I'm excited. I start in a couple weeks, and uh, the good news is uh, we're bringing Black Dog on board to uh, High Life Creative. So we're going to continue to work with them. Working with a lot of people right now, there's a lot of exciting things happening. So if you are out there listening, you have a marijuana cannabis-based brand anywhere in the United States. Maybe you need some marketing help. Maybe you need some... uh, you know, digital marketing, maybe you need some social media help. I don't know. Let me know. Reach on out and we'll, we'll help you. Um, so anyway, the nice thing about new employment is David will probably be home more. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And Black Dog has always been wonderful as far as Very flexibility. Nice. And I don't want to make it sound like they aren't. They aren't. They're amazing. But we're spoiled, pampered little bitches. Yeah. And David's a really involved dad. Very involved. And in this country, I think we really do need to focus on family-friendly employment, a family-friendly work environment. Yeah. I mean, it does so much when your employees are, are happy. And they want to stay. And they feel like you have their back. Yeah. And they fucking never want to leave you. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I, I got to say, even with Black Dog, like, I didn't want, I love those guys. And I, it was hard. I mean, he left by saying, please come work with us. Yeah. I mean, like, I will take care life. of you the same way I take so care of you. So he's still going to be with them and right. working. With They're them. my account now. So, yes. like, and instead of just me, now I have like four people doing what I do is, with them. Is so. the Stoner Mom your account? Oh my God, yes. The Stoner Mom, I'm telling you, got some other things going on with Stoner Mom. So, anyway, exciting times. Yeah, there's good opportunity. Well, I keep wanting to kick my computer under the floor, which is not exciting. Um, so that's what's going on. Um, let's talk about some other things you've like really discovered. This uh, musician that you love more than anything now. Do you want to talk about that? That we listen to all the time now, and we're very happy about. Do you mean Eminem? Besides Eminem. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, I started listening to Agnes Opal. I don't know if that's how you say her last name. Um, but she's a Danish, is it Danish if you're Denmark? Are you, does that mean you're Danish? Yeah. Okay. She's a Danish musician. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think her songs have been on a lot of shows kind of randomly, especially like not in America. Right. But, um, she wrote the kind of that melancholy, uh, piano theme and big little lives is by her. Right. So, and that's what's been going on. Well, we also did get, David got his second pedicure. Yeah, I got my second pedicure. Of his whole life. He doesn't like it as much as he did like the first one, but. But I got. What do you guys think? Isn't pedicure something like opening Pandora's box? And once you, (laughs) once you uncover that layer of soft baby skin. Yeah. You've now opened up the opportunity for that to get cracked and, and dry. And so you have to keep... You want to keep the baby sauce. That means you have to do some work in between pedicures, Uh, sir. I have been. Are you sure? Yes. I I take my... I want you to wear... Pumice stone to my feet. Actually, you broke your pumice stone on your feet. I need a new one. Because I was scrubbing so hard. Um... You need to put lotion on them, and then you need to put on long johns and go to sleep. Okay. I'm not going to do that. Um, So, anyway, I had another pair. That's it. So, it was fun. And that was a fun little Sunday. This is just us continuing to document the phase of our life where we care about our feet. Feet. Well, you always We don't know how long this is going to last. Yeah, it might be done next week. Okay. All right, that's what's going on with us. start stoned conversations with Blazer and Catherine, yeah. I do need to ask you, David. Okay. Are you stoned? Yeah, I'm stoned. You are not. Take another hit. No, I'm good. Are you sure? Yes, I'm stoned. 
Okay, I'm drunk and stoned. All right, so I need all, I need some degree of faculties to do this because this is a lot of information I'm about to give you. Okay, I mean it's, it, all it's a ton of info, true. and it's <laughs> well, it's it's, it's true information. True. It, yes. <laughs> okay, so last week you asked me to fill you in on the conspiracy theories surrounding the Denver International Airport. I did. Okay. So I did a little bit of research, and of course I know some things because I'm a citizen of Colorado. And we like conspiracy theories. We like the New World Order. We've gone (laughs) and specifically looked for things at DIA. For sure we have. And seen them with our own eyeballs. Right. Based on the things we've read. And they're fascinating. And it's fun, you know. So I'm going to enlighten you to the darkest conspiracy theories about Denver's bizarre airport. You stole that. I did. I stole a lot of this. I'm going to do a lot of reading, but that's that's okay. Okay. So the majority of my information comes from diaconspiracyfiles.com. I highly recommend you go visit this 90s uh, style blog. It's not even 90s. Yeah. That's 2000s for sure. It's early 2000s. And um, it, you just go check it out. I mean, like, there's lots of good reading there. You can uh, dive deep and, you know, read a lot about conspiracy theories there. So anyway, let's go back in time. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to read this from the blog. Even before the current Denver International Airport opened in 1995, even when it was a mere blueprint, it was the subject of countless conspiracy theories. What? Base for the Illuminati, home to the reptilian race that lives underground the airport, and of course also neo-Nazi theories. And the Queen. And the Queen. Right? Yes. Okay. We'll get into that. To this day. To this day. Their notoriously bizarre airport is shrouded in secrecy, riddled with weird statues and creepy art, and abounding in myths. It's beautiful. But before all of that happened, let's go back and find out why we even got this airport in the first place, right? So there is a history behind Denver International Airport, and it's a strange one. Oh, dear. So this is where it all kind of starts. So back in September of 1989, under the leadership of our um, amazing mayor, Denver Mayor Federico Pena... Pena. Pena, which several streets are named after. Well, one street is named no, after. one street at the, at the at airport. At the airport, Pena Boulevard. Notorious for having speed cops. All right. Uh, federal officials authorized the outlay of the first $60 million for the construction of DIA. That's a lot. That was the first installment. Okay. Jesus. Two years later, Mayor Wellington Webb, another illustrious mayor in our line of amazing, prolific mayors. <laughs> okay. Inherited the mega project scheduled to open on October 29th, 1993. Okay. Wow. I was 10 in 93. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Okay. With the construction of DIA, Denver has determined to build an airport that could easily expand over the next 50 years to eliminate many of the problems that had plagued our old airport, the Stapleton International Airport. See, Stapleton is still, to me, like, there's still tons of space. Yeah. Well, Whatever. so but ma- I know that nobody wants to live next to it. No, and and many so people, many people wondered back in the day, like why the fuck would they put so much money into a new airport when we have a perfectly good existing airport in Stapleton, right? So the justifications range from how noisy the airport was next to the neighborhoods, yes. because you got a fucking airport right in the middle of your. Stapleton is like bougie. Do you think yeah. they would fucking want an airport? No. In fact, they've taken over all the old airport structures like the tower and they've made and them into them bars into and bougie yeah. bullshit. It's hilarious. It's <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, so they capitalize on that shit. Um, Remember when you would break into the yeah. abandoned there, tower? I would, and you go up there and there'd be all, fucking artwork in there. There'd be like homeless people in there so and freakos. Like, I loved it because I'm a ninja. I'm one with the shadows. I don't care. Uh, it doesn't scare me. Darkness does not scare me. Yeah, but it was scary, like, because you could fall through the floors. And, and there would be, you know, cracked out homeless people up in there. Living there. You just ignore them and they ignore you. <laughs> We're all here for our own. Stapleton Airport. Okay, anyway. Continue. But now it's like a restaurant. So yeah. anyway. <laughs> um, so anyway, the, the justification was, look, it's too noisy. Um, the, it's the Denver, uh, Stapleton airport was, you couldn't land there in bad weather. Oh. I mean, like the way it was laid out was fucked Honey, up. There's a horrible bad weather, uh, airplane crash. I just read about back in. At Stapleton? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So, um, they also wanted to have an easily expandable midfield terminal, terminal and concourses creating one. And, but we've now have created one of the most efficient airports in the 
world. Okay. Also, mm-hmm. I'm just giving you the history. It's important. All right. DIA is by far the largest air commercial airport in the world, second only to Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport. Wait. You're going to say they're the largest no. second only? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dallas, Fort Worth, Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport is a distant second. That's what I meant to say. Oh, okay. 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 Um, so we're bigger? We're bi- we're the biggest airport on the planet Earth. Okay? I but, can't believe it. Well, you can't believe it because you only see part of the airport. Okay? Well, I know. Okay. Are we going to talk about it's subterranean? We're getting there. Are yeah. we going to talk about the luggage thing, monster? No. So, okay. it's not important. But, it, I mean, like, because that doesn't have anything to do with the conspiracy. Yeah, so, the well, okay. There's only some, there's a lot of conspiracies here. So, okay. just these are the main go, ones. So, go, go, the big go. thing about um, our airport that's so amazing is we have a pinwheel formation on our landing strips which have been likened to a swastika. Absolutely. So if you look from an aerial photograph from above it definitely resembles the shape of a swastika. Which you guys yeah. That's like the super efficient way to have a runway. It, it allows independent flow of aircraft to and from <laughs> each runway without any queuing or overlapping Did with you other runways. Okay. <laughs> as well as allowing air traffic patterns to be adjusted to avoid crosswind regardless of wind direction. So if you're coming in from a certain direction, it's like crosswinds. Okay, come to Niner Niner Seven Zero and the other you know, part of portion of the swastika. Because that won't have any headwinds because of the way of our swastika <laughs> shapes. The- Genius. So that's the first thing, okay? So that was one of the first Your incidents. Math is racist. Yeah. First of all. <laughs> first of all. Leave us alone. We're trying to be efficient. One of the first incidents that occurred that started conspiracies was the shattered windshield incident. Okay. Yeah. In 2007, 14 commercial aircraft spontaneously (laughs) shattered their windshields as the presumed result of electromagnetic pulses. What? Why electromagnetic pulses at an airport? First, one must ignore what an electromagnetic electromagnetic pulse actually is and does. Okay. So, basically, the pulses cannot damage plastic or glass of any kind. So, that's all bullshit. However, a lot of people were like, there was a huge, there was a huge electromagnetic pulse at that time. And people think that shattered the windshields. But people were wondering, why the fucking electromagnetic pulses? Where are they? Why are they coming from under the earth of the Denver International Airport? We don't know. The, the conspiracy theories about what lies beneath the airport runs miles deep. The most popular is that there's a secret road all the way to Washington, D.C., okay, under the airport to shuttle the Illuminati back and forth. Others include the idea that aliens or lizard people live down in the subterranean caverns of the Denver International Airport or that there's a bunker for people to shelter in while the apocalypse occurs, okay? So those are some of the main things. Let's talk about the underground tunnels, okay? And it's linked to the complex to the Cheyenne Mountain Air Force Station. Okay. Okay? So, you know, a plausible theory for the large 33,000 aircraft airport is a vast underground tunnel system spanning 90 miles between the airport and the military base (laughs) is unlikely. Oh. It's not... It's bullshit. A lot of people think that there's all these fucking subterranean tunnels going to Washington, D.C. or anything, but it's impossible. But there is like a huge underground. There is an underground network. In fact, honey, there's an entire system of um, buildings that they built. Right. And they just at some point said, fuck these buildings. There's five buildings constructed. They buried them underground and, and said these are built wrong. We're going to start over. So there's five complete large buildings buried underground in Russian Airport. They just kind of abandoned it and fucking okay. started over. Another thing that you probably have noticed about the airport is the weird artwork. Okay. Most notably, Blucifer, the blue Mustang. So right outside when you're coming in the airport, there's a gigantic statue erected of a blue horse with glowing red eyes. Blucifer. And we all call him Blucifer, but really the sculpture's called Mustang. Okay? Okay, listen. So the artwork, Blucifer. It's uh, 32 feet tall, has red eyes that glow. Conspiracy, conspiracy theorists believe the statue represents the fourth horseman of the apocalypse. Or that it is haunted. And guess what? It is haunted. It is haunted by the soul <laughs> of uh, the artist that made him. Artist Luis Jimenez was working on Blucifer in his studio, and part of the statue fell off and killed him. Yep. So, you know, there you go. A lot of people believe that statue's fucking haunted with okay, the soul. Okay, so if you've never there. been here, what he's saying is there's a huge fucking blue statue of a horse outside of our airport 
way outside. Um, it's one of the first things you see, and yeah. it has red glowing eyes. So if you're coming in and you're going to a, an early evening flight and it's kind of overcast, <laughs> the last thing you're going to see before you get get in the airport is a fucking glowing demonic blue horse to greet you. Like, With red eyes. Yeah. Come on. Does that give you an uneasy feeling? Yes. <laughs> Why? Why can't it be something different? Anything else? God. That's Lucifer. Anyway, that's our little Lucifer. Can't we just say he's for the Broncos? Isn't that what we say? That's what That's what the intent was. Yeah. He's but, just for the Broncos, you guys. Yeah. It's Bronco country. Come on. Give us a break. Yeah, it's part <laughs> of our, we sorry, love our he has red glowing eyes. <sighs> it's just... It's scary. Okay. Okay. So, in addition to Blue Spur, there's many weird ass murals all yes. over, all over, and um, weird murals. And the artist um, uh, who painted these murals was Leo Tanguma, I believe is how you pronounce this man's last name. Okay. The murals in question, um, there's a multiple piece. It's artwork like spread yes. out. The first one's called "In Peace and Harmony with Nature," and the other one is called "The Children of the World Dream of Peace." Okay. okay. Yeah. The first part of this mural was soldiers. This, um, so basically what you see on this side is a whole like genocide going on with a giant man dressed in kind of like an SS uniform with yes. a gas mask and a sword stabbing a... Uh, and he's the largest part of that painting. Yes. So a huge menacing soldier, SS soldier type creature with a weapon. Right. At an airport. And I believe he's stabbing a dove in the heart. And then there's all these uh, dead babies uh-huh. and dead children and weeping mothers. I mean, I have this this thing is like etched in my brain forever. It's still there. You can totally check it out. Um, it's creepy as hell. It's super creepy. Um, and then the other one is just even more creepy. The uh, in peace with harmony and nature, yeah. which features uh, children in looking. Coffins? They're in these weird see-through glass boxes and there's like one is holding a penguin the other is holding a live bird and i think there's actually a child in one so i mean like i don't know man it's just frightening and then there's a fire all these books are on fire and smoldering okay so a lot of people believe that this is evidence (laughs) of either a secret masonic apocalyptic shelter an alien colony or a secret CIA yes. base beneath the passengers' feet of these murals. Okay? Beneath uh, the passengers' feet? That's what they're saying. <laughs> feet. Feet. Okay? <laughs> Honey, it's, it's fucking terrifying. It's scarifying. Actually. I love these. It's just like, you know, it's all like a Spanish style, but it's showing all like the nations of the world. So like there's kids representative of everything. Yes. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, brown people and super ass white people. And um, it's like the whole destruction of the world it's... under uh, tyranny and violence. Yes. Um, so that's all. Those are big, normal concepts that we're allowed to explore, especially as fucking artists. Right. I think it, it's just so jarring to see in an airport it is because you know we've been taught for so long that like you don't want to bring any you don't want to talk about bombs at an uh, airport right you no know. violence whatsoever. yeah don't pretend like you have a gun in your bag or things like that you yeah. know don't you know and then you have all these like frightening things all over you the first thing you see like a man holding a machine gun with a sword stabbing yeah. a dub and, and dead children there, dead there children are ch- there's like kids there's a bunch of dead kids in these it's pretty fucked up there's also masonry symbols and yes. um, a time capsule <laughs> buried at the airport that you can go see. And, you know, it pretty much has some information on it saying, like, this was commissioned by the New World Order. Some, yeah, New World Order. Yeah. And um, it's has two masons that have signed off on this, and it's supposed to be open in 2093, I believe. Um, it just why you know i mean like we don't know i mean like we they did this it's they made such a big deal out of this time capsule people are like what the fuck is this where the capstone is is that yeah yeah we looked at that we saw that for sure man so yeah it straight says on there made and whatever in by the new world order absolutely Um, there's symbols everywhere but you know that's also like a phrase that's used in like political whatever their dialogue forever yeah like Reagan said New World Order and stuff, and it yeah. didn't mean anything other no. than... Well, the supposed thing is, like, there's this New World whatever, and it's actually just, like, a contracting group uh, right. that provided the granite <laughs> to make this thing. That's the other yeah. thing. Is, 
is like all the weird granite that they yeah. use, like the stones from from everywhere for no real purpose. Like the yes. floor of DIA is insane as far as it's, cost and what it actually is. I, I have the numbers too as to how much up it costs in upkeep. There's actually a garden in there that um, is made with stone and then like certain uh, – plant life and it's in the shape of something weird you know and of course they're like and that upkeep it costs like so much money some yeah. absurd amount of money and the upkeep on it is six hundred thousand dollars and they're like thinking about getting rid of it because it's just like to keep these plants alive and shit and not make things turn into mold and stuff yeah so it's, it's like nuts. like isn't the floor made of like stone from like all over all and, over like, the world yeah where yeah so like egyptian uh, Whatever that black stuff is called. Tiles in the Great Hall that say A-U-A-G or A-U-A-G yeah. represent a virus known as the Australian antigen. Which Isn't is, that, that gold? A-U-A-G? Yeah. It's gold. Exactly. That means. Which it's because it's a uh, periodical chart symbol. Right. Right. Which is said it could wipe out the whole world's population. No, so it's not that. <laughs> well, I know. I mean, but people are um, trying to link the. That's what they're where the conspiracy comes in. But it's also another weird conspiracy because why do we even have these precious metals up in here? Right. But some people are saying that. Um, oh, it's so weird. So they're saying that the letters A U A G typically represent the elements gold and silver. Okay. Many would believe that gold and silver on the cart are a reference to the gold rush, which built up in Denver area into a major U.S. city. Conspiracy theorists disagree. So this one might just be up to the N and the O2 nitrogen oxygen that make up 98% of the chemical composition in the air. And they're also, the conspiracy theorists are saying that the words AUAG is an Australian thing. So, and it's a formula for a pathogen. No. So I know. So you see, I mean, like there's a lot of this shit that it's like, there's a lot of, I don't know, you know, there's all the masonry symbols and the Illuminati shit. And then also there's a secret one runway that is buried inches underneath the dirt on the facility. So one of the less nefarious theories swirling around the Denver International Airport is one that says that the runway was built hidden by the public eyes buried underneath the dirt. What, what it might be used for? We don't know. We can't figure out why it's even there. There's like a whole different layout of runways under the dirt that you can see like with cartography machines that can see like these on the pyramids and shit. And then lastly, I'm just going to wrap it up with the lizard people. Okay. Do you know, are you familiar with the reptilians? I am. Okay. They they are a (laughs) shape-shifting race. And they control the whole airport and our world. That's right. Okay. And the airport is their base of operations and their quest to rule the earth. Why? Why? Okay. The race reportedly uses slaves underneath the airport. Human slaves? Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Um, this all came from a book called the Dulce Book, authored in 1999 by someone identified only as Branton. <laughs> It's all about how the odd occurrence. It's Fenton. The odd occurrences. Some report in the area around Dulce, New Mexico. Chapter eleven of the book (laughs) is a lengthy interview with an unnamed former security officer at Dulce Mountain, who weaves an astounding tale of epic centuries-long battle between the reptiloid race called the Dracos, a breed of extraterrestrials known as the Orient Great. Yes. Okay, but in the book, the interesting thing is. Mount Echuleta might be considered the capital of the alien segment of the secret new world order in America, but within the deep underground systems beneath the Denver International Airport being the capital of the human segment of the secret government. That's what he says in his book. So he says that in 1999. Okay. So there you go. Most recently, the airport has been doing some construction and has decided to capitalize on the abundant conspiracies in their construction campaign. So around the airport, there are signs that have been put up with themes like, what are we hiding? (coughs) Featuring a reptilian in a business suit or cool new areas to hang out or area 52 featuring a UFO hovering. I think it's a brilliant thing that they're doing and they're just trying to make a little bit of fun and get free advertising to their airport and airports don't even need advertising, right? <laughs> so I just think it's cool. And our airport um, is badass. I think our airport is badass and I feel very safe when I go there and leave from there. One, so. My favorite weird thing about DIA is in baggage claim, yeah. there are um, gargoyles yeah. and they're just so easy to find yeah. and spot and... They're just funny. There's like, one at why? each end. Why? Yeah. Gargoyles? 
you know, they have a rich history. And, and that doesn't really fit with the theme of our tent Why or mountain tent. Why are they on the tent. inside, though? Gargoyles are supposed to be on the outside. <laughs> Why are they on the inside? They're probably because they're, they're looking over. You. They're looking over they're their sitting, reptilians. They're actually sitting on suitcases, so it's kind of cute. Yeah, it's like <laughs> fuck your suitcases. That's pretty funny. Um, so that's it. That did you? I mean, like that's kind of. There's a lot more information go if you go to that blog site. If you ever get the chance to be in DIA, go look at the murals. Make you feel a little creepy, but it's fun. No, but because the the other ones you just described the scary ones, yeah. but there's more, and it tells the whole story of um, yeah, like the whole. It was kind of like globalization, and mm-hmm. like all these little kids like are giving up like weapons or something, mm-hmm. and um, and. And then, like, everything regrows and our animals come back and stuff. Yeah. And, um, I mean, there's like a, a new consciousness of humanity. There's more, um, there's more artwork there, too. That's all amazing. I mean, there's all kinds of cool shit there. There is. Go check it out. All right. So, for next week, honey. Oh, yes. I'm going to assign you a task. Okay. Are you, okay. Are you ready? I guess. Okay, we've all heard of the Stradivarius violins, right? Yes. Okay, well, there's also another guy who made violins called Guarneri. Okay, so those okay. Stradivarius and Guarneri violins are the best in the world. Would you not agree? I You've heard know, this. I didn't hear the other people at all. Okay, well, that, that that's okay. Um, but there's what I want you to research is I want you to do a little in-depth research on this, and I want you to come back and tell me why particularly Stradivarius String instruments. Why? Why do they sound so good? Is what it is it about of them? Their weird little F thing. I don't know. Why don't you go figure it out? <laughs> okay. I think it has something to do with biology. But I want you to biology. Yep. I want you to go research. I already know the answer to this. Is it the shape one. of a woman? No. I want you to go research it and then come back and tell us next week. I think you'll find a very interesting answer. Does it use the S curve? we'll find out next week. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Okay. All right. Okay, it's listener letter time. Oh, yeah. Right, too. Hey, you guys, we're out of listener letters. Yeah, so... I'm just going to be honest with you. Send us some listener letters, please. So it's making me feel very unloved and unappreciated. Yeah, we don't want her to feel like that. <laughs> so come on, why don't you just send us some? Send us your letters to momanddadarestat at gmail.com. Your question just might be featured on the show. Probably will. will. Yeah, but the chance Since is high. <laughs> Okay, so let's get this question going. Hello, Catherine and David. I love y'all's podcast and everything this dinner mom stands for. My question is more for Catherine. Sorry, believe it. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> it's okay. I love that that's your name for everybody. As a stay-at-home mom, I often wonder what you do, what you did, what did you do, sorry, before becoming the stoner mom. I sometimes want to go back to work, but I can't find it in me to actually do it. Bad social anxiety. I hear that. Do you know any legit work from home company? for an extra writer. No. LOL. As I said, I'm a stay-at-home mom, wife, and I'm so glad I found you on YouTube a couple years back. I consider cannabis to be really important for maintaining a healthy mind, body, and spirit. I used to be very anorexic at 18, weighing only 70 pounds. I used cannabis as a way to get hungry enough to want to eat. That's really common. I've heard that so much about people using cannabis, like the munchies, like proactively. You know what I mean? Fast forward to being pregnant with my oldest. I stopped smoking out of fear. I would harm the baby and waited till I gave birth. Four months postpartum, my husband noticed that I was becoming extremely depressed, irritated, and too anxious to leave the house. So he suggested I see a doctor, which then got me prescribed to highest dosage of Zoloft. I hated it. It Made me feel like I was on the autopilot all the time. I started smoking again as a way to cope with the effects of Zoloft and noticed that when I did smoke, I was happier and not so stressed or anxious. Man, Zoloft should not be making you stressed and anxious. Yeah, right. That is a misprescribed whatever right there. I eventually replaced all meds with cannabis, as you did too. Congrats. Yay. Keeping up. 
Keep up the amazing work on educating and spreading the word on how much cannabis actually helps instead of harms. Mothers like you make me feel a little less guilty about being a stoner mom and self-medicating with cannabis. You definitely change the stigma of what a stoner parent looks like. Sorry, it's so long. Don't apologize, girl. Um, as for what, I, thank you for sharing. I like sharing everybody's um, cannabis story, you know, as far as, I mean, so many people use it for real just very human and real reasons. For it's real. not always just about relaxing um, on the weekends, which it can be. And that's fine too. But a lot of people use it for really serious reasons and have really deep and impactful connections with cannabis as I do. Anyway, um, what I did before I became the stoner mom was honestly not very interesting. I was a stay at home mom for, years and years, <clears throat> years and years, whatever, when, <laughs> when they were young. And, um, I did photography, uh, professionally for a couple years before I became the stoner mom. So that's all I did. I don't have a rich, huge work history at all because well, I became a mom early and I was a stay at home. Can I say something really quick? Yeah. I think the amazing thing about you Yes. Is that while you say, mm-hmm. I'm, my job is a stay-at-home mom, and that is true. However, you have always, always been trying to do something else. Always. Like, when I met you, you were a photographer. And then you opened a boudoir photography place, and you got a building. And then I'm you... Not boudoir. Whatever. A photography studio. You actually... Portrait photography. You had a place. The point of... The fact of the matter is you had a, a freaking place. And then um, you did the stoner... I mean, so, like, I, I've always seen you as a very industrious, entrepreneurial-focused type of businesswoman. Well, yeah. I mean, I was really serious about <clears throat> photography. But for me, my issue with working, I'm so right. awful... Um, was putting the checks is, in the bank. This is very standard creative, like real creatives are very commonly known to be this way. And it's the minute um, money becomes involved, like you're, you become fucking sick of it and you hate it. And it makes you want to bark just right. thinking about doing it. That's how it became for me. I was very like, I love the art side of everything that includes running a blog. I love, um, like making, I love working on like the website and making it look a way, a certain way, you know, and writing and all of that kind of stuff. But, um, the whole business side is very challenging for me. And, um, I absolutely hate it because I just hate selling myself. I hate representing myself in any sort of cheesy manner. I hate fucking talking to people. I have terrible social anxiety, which is what you said is keeping you back from working. Um, anyway, I, you know, my recommendation is, is like anybody that if you really want to get out of the house, just find a small job anywhere. You know what I mean? And it doesn't have to, it's really just about, you know, utilizing that part of yourself that is responsible and gets out of the house and gets away from kids um, every day or every other day, you know, just forcing that part of you to happen. And it, it's, it seems really small and we can like, diminish it in our minds as far as its importance, but it doesn't really matter. It's Mm -hmm. just about like that routine and being a part of like that working society, you know, that is great. And you know, that's something I would do if I was not doing the starter mom. You would work at Starbucks. I I think I talk about that doing that when I'm older. Honestly, (laughs) I don't want to do it right now, but I want to do it when I completely give no fucks. You know what I mean? I'm close, but I'm still only 35. I'm not there yet, but you're That's what you're going to (laughs) do. The, all I know about adulthood and aging is that the older you get, the less you fucking give a fuck. So, like, wouldn't it be fun to work in a place with young people when you did not give a fuck and you could give great wisdom, like, wise advice to them? Yeah, when they're complaining about something. <laughs> and you just be like, man, maybe you should shut the hell up. <laughs> and count your fucking lucky stars you have this job. <laughs> Wait, is that you thinking that, or is that you no, telling that's me being wise right. and loving in my old age? <laughs> I love it as, as a barista. But I don't know. Maybe I'd be. Whatever. Do you think you'd be a great barista? No, I think I'd be stressed out. Actually, I don't know. Maybe I'd be okay. Right, what if you like 
could make the best what one I of the drinks. What I can't do is I can't work in sales. Oh, okay. I can do that. So Boy. if I like service is fine. I think I could handle that. But like actually having like a sales driven job would it's the worst. I got to tell you I I know what you mean and for whatever reason I'm unfortunately very good at it. To the point where I think it's like uh, my favorite type of sales for recreation is garage sales because it's like let's put all our shit out and like try to convince people how awesome it is. But people love garage sales. I love garage sales. Anyway, I love sales. Your nails look nice. Did we answer that question? I think you did. I think you did an amazing job. Did I give any? You gave some great advice. I'm sorry, I don't know anything about like working from home jobs and stuff. I know that there's a, a lot of potential for scams. Yeah. And I also know that um, running like an online business based on like blogging or writing or influencing is just, it's not easy at all by any means. So uh, I wouldn't really recommend it, you know? Yeah. It's, to, it's hard. To someone that actually just. You know, although there are those places... It takes... First of all, it takes years to be able to make any sort of money. And yeah. What kind of job is that? That's not a job. And, and it's... You know what I mean? For a long time, it's just not like complete navel-gazing and, yeah. and working on building an audience and stuff, which is fine. But it's just... Um, it's such a long game. I think there's potential... I mean, if you're a writer... Um, I think there's potential to make very small amounts of money, like doing guest contribution, like, or writing. There's services out there now where you can let people pay you just to write their blog postings. You know there what I mean? There are. Yeah. But, um, I, I don't have that gift, but you do. You're very good at it. Um, where would you find gigs like that writing for blogs? I don't know. I, I assume do. you would actually write the blog itself. I, and you, honestly, they get... I get offers constant all the time every day of people wanting to somehow have me write about them or, or write offer to contribute uh, stuff. And mm. for me, I just don't take any sort of uh, other contributions yet. I can't give up my baby to anybody. Yet. No. Yeah. Um, and also you just don't have the time to write other people's stuff either. Oh yeah. But, um, but yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. But so, how would you get that gig, though? Um, I don't know. I just I would research, like I do some searching and find out. Like, so, if you wrote a bunch of different blogs, it would be like yeah. some people would be like me, and no, I don't um, accept outside writers, and right. and others. I know, like for instance, that. right now on Smoke Cartel, they're like, "Do you want to get paid to write about our stuff?" I mean, like they're, le- I'm yeah. sure it's like five dollars or something, but. You know, I mean, like, that's, yeah. you start looking for things like that. I mean, like, there's all kinds, of, but you have to be a writer. It's not just like, we're looking for people who can write. Yeah, for sure. Which I cannot. So that's um, the majority of everybody else in the world. All right. All right. Well, I think you answered that so one. So you guys send in your questions again, please. They can be about any of this stuff. And if you just want to share your cannabis uh, story, I also like to hear that kind of stuff. Um, anything you are curious about as far as cannabis adulting whatever we don't care do it I know that I have. Hey. What? What's going on in Stoner Mom's Grove? Hi, Stoner Mom. Hi. What's going on in your grove? Uh, <laughs> well, you told me. I'm going to smoke some Today. Yeah? That you said, David, will you help me defoliate my plants today? And I said, of course I will. Are they, do they need defoliating already? And you were like, yep. It's week four. Remember? I do. And then also, you <laughs> went down and you topped those plants, finally. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And then you, and you took some clones. I said, I, I know that you were like, you know what? 
Uh, you have failed to get me razor blades, Blavid, so I'm just <laughs> going to use these trimmers because they look clean, and you, I could probably do just as good a job. Wait, did that work? Yeah, and you did that. And then you trimmed off some clones from the Chewbacca plant, and you shaved the base to expose the raw <laughs> thing, and then you kind of made a V cut, and then you put some Clonex on there, and then you stabbed it stabbed it in some peat moss, and you put it in a cloning incubator tray thing, <laughs> and you put a dome on it, and then you put it in your other tent, remember? I guess. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's what we we're doing today. And um, I think we're going to sit down there and we're going to defoliate those plants. And then you're gonna, we're going to film that for your awesome show that you do. Do we hate my nails right now? I love those nails. You're going to have to wear those gloves so you don't dirty up your nails. Um, so, um, so, yeah. There you go. Your plants are looking super spectacular, too. I love them. They look good. I believe you. <laughs> well, I, no, I mean, you told me. I haven't looked because it's your grow, not mine. Um, How about your grow? Oh, What's my grow is amazing. I also have to defoliate my grow, too, because I've got my grow. I caught it up to your grow. So now it's like, now we're on the same thing. Okay. So I'm going to defoliate my grow, too. And I got two hemp plants in my grow. Girl, what? Yeah. So I'm going to, I also have a Chewbacca plant in mine. Man, that's a lot of Chewbacca. I know. That's two Chewbaccas. But I'm going to also clone my Chewbacca, too. So I just, I you know, I, I still wonder if the clone I took from your Chewbacca is Chewbacca, because there was a kerfuffle as to which is Girl Scout cookies and which is Chewbacca. Oh, shit. So I, on the video, we have it one way, but on my chart that I made, I have it the opposite. And I'm like, well, the chart's right, not the video. Right? Right. So anyway, who cares? It's going really well, and that's what so we're doing. So did you swap the plants so that it, the video is the chart? Not the video. Yeah, the video would have to be like the chart. So the or plant, the chart would be like the video. I'm sorry. Yeah. Did you swap no, the plants but I will so that do it that. looks like the chart? I'm going to from now on. And we'll just ignore the video. Yeah, ignore the video. Exactly. So anyway, I'm going to take some Chewbacca clones. See, we got all kinds of great weed down there, baby. We've got... Super Lemon Haze, Girl Scout Cookies, Chewbacca. We've got three other strains. One's called like Sun Kiss or Sunburn. What? Um, we've got what Skywalker used to be. It's called something else now. And then we've got a straight hardcore sativa plant down there. And then two hemp plants called uh, Lava Rock, I believe, or River Rock. And um, I'm excited for all of them. Wow. That is a lot. It is a lot. When, do, when are they going to be... Already. Well, let's see. In the calendar. In the calendar? What month? (laughs) I'm going to say the end of October. The end of October? If not the beginning of November. Okay. Okay. So, because we're going to switch. Yes, that's harvest time, bitch. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're going to trim up. We're going to defoliate them. And then in a week from now, we're going to put up our scrog and then defoliate them again. Christmas tree up. Yeah, and we'll have weed down there. I love it. Me too. So anyway, that's what's going on in the Stoner Moms Grow. Good job. Well, thank you. I love it. Thanks for sharing all that. guys um we are into shout out corner um and we're gonna this week just go ahead and give our members a shout out let's give them a shout out um our membership site on our membership site we have a close-knit community of adult stoners who support the show as well as everything we do over on the stonermom.com they are awesome we love them today we're shouting out our members sabra and marissa yay welcome we love you thanks for being members um, members have access to exclusive weekly podcasts, bi-weekly sesh videos, and monthly live sessions with me and Blavid. Learn more at thestonermom.com and click on the membership. All right, guys. All right, guys. That's it. That's it for this episode. We're done. We're done, though. What are we going to do now? Please? Next, we're going to probably... It sounds like we're recording the pre-roll show. Oh, yeah. It's going to be and the I'm post-roll gonna, show uh, The post-roll show. And I'm going to get up and get myself a proper drink and... Okay. 
Um, then after that, I think I'm going to take a shower and you are really indulging in alcohol. Yeah. It's for a weekend. Sunday. It's the weekend. I love it. I love you. I'm excited for this to see what the rest of our Sunday holds. So yeah, we're pretty <laughs> chill. We're feeling. We've worked hard. Chill. This is our relaxed day. We, we get one day to relax, right? Nah. I mean, we still have to work, but we, we have fun doing it together. Don't we, baby? We do. Do you um, think I should shave today? Look at me. I don't know. Do you like it when I look like this? I do like it because it's like the only indication of your age. But does it hurt your face when I kiss David's you David's hair stuff? refuses to turn gray, except on his sideburns. Do, do, do you hate it when my face scrapes against yours like this, though? Um, A little bit. I mean, no. She does. I'm going to have to shave it off. <laughs> no. Anyway. All right. Going away now. Well, uh, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter (laughs) at mom, mm, the letter N, dad, the R, letter R, stoned, mom, mm, dad, or stoned. Follow David on Twitter and the gram at Colorado Weed Grower, CO Weed Grower. And follow the stoner mom everywhere at the stoner mom. Okay? Follow me everything. Follow her everything. At That's the what it says. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll be, be back, back again soon, you guys. Until then, please remember to be safe and responsible with your cannabis use. Always be kind and smoke weed every day. Bye. Bye.